Hello and welcome to Bloomberg Crypto. My name is James Gore and this video is for the 14th of May 2020. It's almost 11 p.m. Needs to get this video out just because there's some very interesting things happening. I'm going to lightly touch on some technical analysis. I'm not actually going to do any. Um, this is purely from memory and I'm sure you guys are smart enough to kind of have an idea of what to do. But just before we do get started, don't forget to go to bloombearcrypto.com forward slash insider. Join the email list. It's free. You get juicy goodness like trade updates, which I'm releasing now. Uh, they're currently private, but if you join the mailing list, you get access to them. So um, they're, they're the trading view uh, post I'm doing privately. Um, so yeah, so let's quickly just touch upon what I'm expecting to happen or hoping to happen maybe as well in the next couple of days, which would be really good. So Bitcoin looks like it's either reaching a double top or it's going to have one more move up, which is fantastic um, because either way we win. Um, because if Bitcoin is hitting a double top, that means we're going to see a bit of consolidation. It means it gives altcoins room to breathe. It means that um, a lot of coins in a really good position to kind of uh, set orders and if they're if they're if they have nice trading setups you know in a good position to kind of have a bit of a run if we do see one more pump then we're just likely more likely to get orders filled so i'm taking a bit more of a conservative approach with my um altcoins at the moment that i'm looking to trade and um actually moved some of my buy orders a bit down i've been i've been a bit aggressive recently in terms of just entering the market um but uh I've tried to chill out a bit, um, move them down, and um, just wait for one more Bitcoin pump and assume that they get filled. So one of the ones I traded uh, is Waves, expecting about 40 to 50% move. Um, that actually got filled today, very patient. I'm expecting something similar with, uh, let me think, I think it's IRLC, that's the coin. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, so that's what I'm expecting to see. Um, I think that Doge is going to be doing relatively well this alt season. That is, we seem to be uh, knocking at its door. You know, it's just around the corner as well. So I posted that up on Twitter as well, also on the email list. So make sure you do join that email list. Um, but what's uh, I can see at the moment is just a lot of coins getting ready to, to have another move over the next couple of days, provided Bitcoin, you know, even consolidates, has one more pump, then consolidates. Um, Ethereum is looking interesting as well, because it looks like it's te testing support, and that's versus the Bitcoin pairing. Anyway, let's jump into the news. So, huge progress, huge milestone. Um, so, Crypto milestone banking giant JP Morgan Chase provides Bitcoin bridge for Coinbase customers. Um, they're not really. They're just offering banking services to ex to exchanges, Coinbase and Gemini. Um, you know, these these exchanges already had a provided customers with a bridge. So I'm not sure if you're aware of the history, but you know, back in 2017, Jamie Jamie Dimon basically said. Who's the CEO of JP Morgan? Um, basically said Bitcoin's a fraud that really negatively impacted the price temporarily. Um, and yeah, and while that was happening, a subsidiary company that JP Morgan owned was buying up a massive amount of Bitcoin, which is absolutely hilarious. You know, um, I do think Jamie Dimon thinks Bitcoin's, you know, a fraud. I doubt, I doubt um, many people on that level have actually got the time to really investigate and learn how bitcoin works and its origins etc etc because it does take time to really get your head around things 
he seems like a very busy man so um thinking there's magical internet money that's going to actually change the world potentially change the world um he probably like that's a fraud so um it's very interesting to see jp morgan now offering services to banking services to exchanges because if you go back before 2017 getting an exchange to have banking services was an absolute ball ache as um most banks would wouldn't want to do business with them it seems like that's opening up a bit and that's just one step closer to bitcoin being widely adopted uh and whatever whatever your definition of wide widely adopted is um that can vary from person to person but in this instance i'm talking about bitcoin being a traded financial in instrument uh in in major you know financial institutions so for example uh, a jp morgan um and the next step would be bitcoin being owned by you know governments which you know one could argue it is because you know bitcoin has been seized by uh uh you know uh like police and other organizations looking to tackle crime and some of them have held on to it so what are they doing with that bitcoin they do auction it off as well but some have been holding on to it so that's technically a government organization but the point is this is one step closer one step closer um sorry just taking a sip of tea just because my throat's a bit sore um but yeah um very a very good quote i've seen i think it's i can't remember who says it but uh basically said that these things will move slowly and then very quickly so this is still part of the slow phase but we're one step closer to um you know crypto space being m m taken more seriously and it's still super early such a small market cap um, next piece of news. So, I've I've been thinking about this. So, Vitalik Buterin says F 2.0 is still on track, touting crucial multi-client testnet. No reason to not believe him. Um, but the reason why I want to talk about this is a lot of people have been saying Ethereum 2.0, um, it's moved to proof of stake from proof of work, is a pipe dream, and you know it's a lot harder to um change course of a moving machine rather than create something from scratch and that's kind of been the argument for a lot of proof of stake chains that have been looking to either be the world computer or you know provide and provide enterprise level solutions to um you know you know broad enterprise level solutions to, to the little problems that these businesses theoretically face but um what i'm interested in is the staking aspect of the new blockchain with ethereum because last time i heard or, or saw um for 32 ethereum you can stake your own node and of course staking comes with rewards and i'm pretty sure a lot of you guys have 32 ethereum um i know i have, I have one friend who just randomly bought ethereum and he bought it uh long before 2017 he just bought a bunch of ethereum just held on to it um sold half you know, in the run-up to uh, Bitcoin reaching 20k and kept the rest and he still has loads and he's probably going to be staking so there's probably a lot of people that just have some ethereum um, that aren't looking to sell that potentially could stake so um, very interesting stuff I'd love to see what kind of future we have where people are staking ethereum because generally speaking proof-of-stake chains where um, staking is a thing don't really do super well um but we, we we'll see with ethereum i think ethereum is strong enough has its own legs uh, that it'd probably be fine 
And speaking of Ethereum, um, Ethereum becomes Bitcoin's largest second layer network. So Ethereum-based wrapped Bitcoin has now surpassed the capacity of the Lightning Network, thus becoming the largest second layer Bitcoin network. WBTC now has 11.2 million worth of Bitcoin, leaving the network ne uh, Lightning Network far behind with only 8.1 million. I'm going to be contributing to that because I'll be running my own Lightning node at some point, um, just because it's cool to kind of mess with that stuff. Um, when Bitcoin meets Ethereum, so WBTC is an ERC20 token that is fully backed by one Bitcoin, which is similar to fiat-backed stablecoins. The project, which was launched back in January 2019, aims to bring an unmatched liquidity of the world's largest cryptocurrency to the growing decentralized finance ecosystem. Putting Bitcoin and Ethereum blockchain also allowed sub substantially increase the speed of the cryptocurrency. So I love this. I love the DeFi space. I do think there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of teething problems that are going to be coming from that space and people operating that space for example locked funds uh flash loans um ultimately that's hardening the space but but at the same time you know if you are participating in that you're going to be one of the people that probably experience negative consequences but to be fair the people that are on the bleeding edge and you know are the you know are the type that would jump into something new like that and be willing to put capital at risk they usually get the most reward as well hence those that you know bought bitcoin at a hundred dollars or three hundred dollars just are still holding or mined bitcoin so that's something to consider but um i still think lightning network is more likely to be able to um provide i mean to be fair if we do have i can i can definitely see a future where bitcoin and ethereum where ethereum is the, the uh, silver to bitcoin's gold and um, as much as litecoin has tried to have that as a kind of its marketing slogan which it was for for a certain point of time uh, it didn't really work out that way realistically speaking um so you know potentially ethereum is bitcoin's silver especially when i'm reading things like this so um you know i do talk about having some ethereum in your portfolio um obviously everything i say is just for educational purposes not financial advice but um you know majority of my portfolio is bitcoin and then it's ethereum so um you know I, I ethereum is definitely going to have its place in its future and things like this solidify it even more it's becoming a very diverse blockchain the key is is can it survive the move to proof of stake for a long period of time so that's really key and survival doesn't necessarily mean that the price is going to increase or maintain value survival means is it going to provide a real world value um which is key so you know we could we could see a move to proof of work and it could just progressively devalue of time um due to inflation rate i mean how many coins is on the chain you know what's the limit I, th I think that it's infinite at the moment so it's technically an inflationary asset so compared to bitcoin over time it's probably not going to perform as well um if we're thinking really long term um but in the short to medium term likely to do relatively well in some capacity um so moving on so i want to talk about this i've seen this a few times bumping around bitcoin price predicted to collapse to $1,760 before major rally and this is completely possible it, absolutely I mean it's this guy Henrik Ziberg um, he's not the only person I've seen say this I think um, what's that chap what's that guy's name 
zero hedge guy anyway on twitter um you can see i clearly use twitter loads um yeah it's very it's extremely possible bitcoin could you know go to go to these lows um i think it's probably unlikely um probably unlikely just based on how bitcoin's performed in the past and people have done this exact same analysis pre the last halving so and it's a similar pattern same thing saying bitcoin's gonna go to x level it just doesn't um so we'll see i think the value of bitcoin is way more than that so you know if bitcoin does go to that level oh my god i'm going to be buying an absolute shitload um but i think it's highly unlikely but possible and that's the thing anything's possible bitcoin could go to zero technically speaking bitcoin could have gone to zero when bitmex was having issues on the exchange um you know and you know they just kind of froze the exchange um you know anything's anything's possible in this space so no guarantees the market doesn't owe you anything um so make sure you're very cautious and protect yourself and take profits here and there moving on bitcoin's hash rate drops significantly but despite booming price so let's talk about mining and the halving and what that actually means so i, I actually saw something very interesting recently where um some some chap said that pre-halvening miners know the difficulties the amount of uh you know block the blocks uh the block subsidy is going to decrease so their profitability could possibly decrease so they should prepare in advance for such an eventuality and that's that's absolutely true but there are just miners on the fringe that aren't going to be able to do that they don't manage their treasury properly they don't have the ability to to cover their base costs the cost of electricity wherever they are might be too expensive um so when you see a hash rate drop that's that completely expected because miners are going to be having they're having to sell and leave the network what then happens is a difficulty adjusts hash rate goes up so it's it's a bit of a it's it's like a it's a balancing balancing game between um the number of people mining on the network uh quality miners versus how hard it is to mine bitcoin um because if it gets if it gets easier um then you know or, or it could get harder but if it gets easier then hash rate's going to difficulty's going to adjust so if it gets harder it's going to throttle down so um you know hash rate is kind of a representation of that and then the number of people that do participate in the network because you because remember just because it just because it's hard to mine bitcoin doesn't mean that these these miners don't have a standard of uh mining hardware that's high quality whereas there could be a reduced range uh pre-halvening and you know those in the lower range can kind of drop off but you can still have the same number of miners those in the lower range can just buy new mining gear and have them more high quality upgrade their up, upgrade their um upgrade their uh, operation and then you know we still have the same number of miners hash rate still kind of crawls up so it's an interesting balancing act um but yeah moving on so this was just a piece of bullish uh news that i saw getting a massive number of uh whatsapp messages from a friend sorry if you can hear that um so it says here's what ethereum's daily active address count says about its upswing so on on-chain metrics are really the key things you should look towards in terms of the health of a project a really good twitter to follow or to subscribe to their um 
their uh, I think they have like a report is sentiment and they look at things uh, like sentiment analysis they look at a number of dresses number of dresses with minimum balance in um, developer activity um, number number of uh, you know, comments on particular cryptocurrency um, on Twitter and you know, social media and these are all factors they, they do influence price so I was quickly touched on the article so Ethereum has seen a slight climb higher than climb high that allowed it to surmount the $200 region this momentum has primarily rooted in that scene Jesus Christ that sentence this momentum has primarily rooted in that scene by Bitcoin which tapped 10,000 I think that's a very good sentence um, it's funny, I was speaking to a friend, the same friend that bought Ethereum way back. Um, I convinced him to actually get Bitcoin as well because he just wanted to buy more Ethereum, which I don't think is a problem. But uh, I was saying, particularly now, it'd be a good time to get Bitcoin because it's going to outperform Ethereum, and it has been, which is interesting to see because um, I just think we're a bit too early. I think when all the other alts really start going crazy, then Ethereum's going to go crazy. So it's kind of a safe bet as long as, as, as along with um, the rest of the top 10 um, that are kind of staples that are actually cryptocurrencies. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I digress. So let's quickly uh continue so one interesting trend that could offer some insight to where f goes next is the daily address count which has historically declined as soon as the crypto reaches the 200 lower 200 region if this trend doesn't replicate itself it could signal that the crypto is poised to rally higher well you'd expect that especially with everything going on where the market's trending um the one thing i would say about daily address count is that just because the number of addresses increase doesn't mean the number of participants in the network increases. It just means the number of transactions in the network increases because a single individual could have multiple addresses. There's no there's no limit to the number of addresses someone could have. So it's very crucial that, you know, unfortunately this article doesn't dive too deep into it, but it's very crucial, which is why sentiment's great because they, they check this. Um, it's very crucial being aware of the difference. So. It's just better quality data but it seems like this is likely to be what's happening so um i wouldn't be surprised if you know i think i probably i'm assuming ethereum got rejected from the 200 level just broke above got rejected um i haven't actually checked the chart today versus the dollar because i mostly trade versus bitcoin and it's kind of looming into a level of support that would kind of make sense to start picking up some ethereum if we're looking for a trade um but we're likely to see some type of uh, uptrend relatively soon. More Ethereum. This has been a very Ethereum-heavy uh, episode. Okay, so we're talking about Ethereum Classic now. So to become uh, Ethereum Classic is going to become fully compatible with Ethereum after the upcoming Phoenix hard fork. So we need to talk about what fully compatible means. So five months are, you know, Ethereum Classic is such a shame. It's like the bastard stepchild of Ethereum, even though it was there first. Uh, so five months after the successful completion of Agatha, Agatha hard fork at block X, whatever, uh, Ethereum Classic core developers announced today that the blockchain would undergo another network upgrade dubbed Phoenix. Cool names. So Ethereum and Ethereum Classic compatibility. Phoenix is a system-wide upgrade and will take place on the 3rd of June 2020 at exactly block 10,500,839 per the official announcement from the project. The upcoming hard fork is a product of the consensus between the members of the Ethereum Classic ecosystem. Like Atlantis, the previous upgrades basically, the June upgrade will further enhance interoperability between Ethereum Classic and its system network Ethereum. Phoenix will make both chains fully compatible for the first time since the split four years ago. You know, 
it's funny but this is something we're we assumed would be would be happening much much sooner um and it's taken four years and it just kind of goes to show development takes time takes a lot of time um so very quickly the ethereum classic chain was created in 2016 after ethereum's dao which is decentralized autonomous organization was comprised of 11.5 million f was hijacked however in recent times both networks have been working to become interoperable so this is really good news for ethereum classic um ethereum classic even without this i think has a really good place in terms of trading and investing um it does have its it's going to have its place um but yeah this is this is really good news it's good to hear that we're still seeing a strong a strong relationship between both 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 ethereum and ethereum classic and the broader crypto space just just imagine ethereum could become the interoperability train uh chain rather than everyone expecting all these other second layer solutions like radiant network etc etc to be the interoperable train it could just be ethereum because if we're, if we're going to see interoperability between ethereum and bitcoin and we're going to see interoperability between ethereum and other other cryptocurrencies that just means bitcoin is essentially interoperable with every cryptocurrency through the ethereum network so crazy times are ahead but i think it's five years out at the very least before we see anything significant like that so last piece of news which is very juicy um so tether market cap to surpass ripple total stable market stablecoin market cap surges past 10 billion so one last swig of tea okay so if you know the history of bitcoin if you know the history of stable coins um there were stable coins before tether that failed and that was actually due to the government actually um shutting them down but um there's so much controversy behind tether and i've seen people you know claim to have done research on the organization and on on tether um saying you know there is no market manipulation they actually do have the funds etc etc whatever you like to think this is huge ripple's been really underperforming i think ripple's had such a poor performance uh in like historically poor performance in terms of an asset yet is in the top it's probably in the top 10 um i think it's i don't know what's ranked might be ranked number three i'm gonna guess at three it is ranked number three yep so tether's literally about to take over and that's just because um they're minting more tethers so i'm assuming they have the money in their account because if they don't then you know they're kind of inflating the market not not the best thing um just move it to dark mode for you guys that are watching just in case you're watching it late late at night but um this is this is pretty huge pretty pretty huge the biggest thing is just a lot the size of the stablecoin market itself so um usdt without a doubt is eclipsing the rest of the market i think it's and then the rest kind of contest for um second spot but realistically speaking cryptocurrency markets provide liquidity through tether because we we don't really have majority of exchanges do not have fiat on and off ramps so when we see things like this tether is providing a massive amount of liquidity for this space and then they're you know despite whatever you like to say about them they're necessary for this space to operate so um it's really nice having tether tether to me is the same as the dollar 
it will be the same as a digital dollar. There's really no difference between Tether, the dollar, or um, anything else. Well, only, the only thing that matters is the exchange you're trading on because they, if they aren't going to back um, your withdrawals or if they're not insured, then you have a problem just in case it all goes to shit. So, but this is huge. This is absolutely huge. And it kind of kind of speaks more to the fact that Ripple's not doing so well also because, you know, I say Ripple, I have to say XRP. The XRP isn't doing so well either. Um, and there are a lot of people that looking looking at Ripple saying it's going to the moon, which it absolutely can, anything's possible. But, you know, there's people that have been holding bags for years where that asset, you know, that what you've been holding there could have been doing working harder for you kind of thing. So you've been losing money ultimately. If you just left it in Bitcoin, you'd have been much better off basically, um, which is generally the diagnosis for a lot of people that operate within this space. Um, but that's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening, so much to watching. Uh, I am gonna start posting on library.io um, just because looking at the numbers on the podcasts, podcast feed, I'm getting better numbers than YouTube and I've just started. And I, and I have said, you know, years ago um, that, you know, I got shadow banned by YouTube and number, you kind of, kind of see from the numbers and there's been a recent way of shadow banning, bannings as well for this type of content. I've noticed it as well. It's not even massive for me because I'm not getting those, those views anyway, but I will be posting on library.io as well. So I would really appreciate it if you guys could take a look over there when I do. But what I would appreciate even more is if you do have iTunes, head over there and just leave a, a review of the podcast because it really does help and I'd appreciate that. So lovely speaking with you, even though I haven't really spoken with you, I've spoken at you through a microphone. I hope you have a lovely uh, day, lovely rest of your night if you're still up. Otherwise, I'll catch you in the morning and uh, I'll speak to you very soon. Hope you have a lovely day.